0: Welcome back to Middle East Forum Radio here on WWDB 860 AM Philadelphia Talk. I'm Greg Roman, your host, with Marilyn Stern, our producer, Gary Gamble, feeding us questions from his virtual studio abroad. But now we have our first guest this morning, and we're joined by Katerina Soku. And Katerina, you're going to fix me in my pronunciation on that as soon as I get through your bio. She is a visiting scholar at the Elliott School of International Affairs at George Washington University and the Washington, D.C. correspondent for Katharine Greek Daily Broadsheet, the biggest and largest broad uh, newspaper in Greece, and Sky TV. She's also the Principal of News Intelligence and a member of the Advisory Board of European Affairs, the online journal of the DC-based European Institute. She reports on transatlantic relations, U.S. politics, and international economics. Katerina, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you for hosting me, Greg.
0: So tell us, before we get into any of this... Um, Turkey and and Greece uh, kerfuffle over the reneging on the border agreement signed with Greece and the EU back in 2016. Uh, How is the COVID-19 coronavirus affecting Greece?
1: Well, we also had uh, uh, back home a a two-week cancellation of classes for our schools and universities. So I think Italy being so close, I think the region, the the nations in the region realize that they have to take more draconian measures, as you were saying earlier, uh, to make sure that that the virus doesn't spread uh, as widely and as easily as as it has in Italy, literally shutting down the economy. Uh, So I think we're seeing uh, a much more aggressive approach from the countries in the region, uh, and uh, that includes Israel, of course.
0: And I think that, there is a well-founded fear that many of the individuals who are fleeing from Middle Eastern nations and using Greece as a transit point. I mean, this isn't just a refugee issue anymore. This is a public health issue. Now, I don't want to be accused of, um, you know... Uh, bias towards individuals who are refugees who may be carriers of the virus, and anybody has it, but the fact of the matter is is that someone who doesn't have access to top-rate healthcare or public health poses a greater problem than an individual who's within an uh, an ecosystem that they can go to the doctor among the first signs of having symptoms of whatever virus, not just COVID-19 or corona. Um, Is there any instances of refugees entering Greece who have been diagnosed with the disease?
1: Well, one of the issues with the current situation at the border between Greece and Turkey is the, uh, the violent uh, way that the migrants and refugees are trying to enter, uh, uh, walk through the border. Uh, basically, they're trying to break in. Uh, and uh, this is not a situation where you can actually, uh, and they're trying to escape, evade the authorities in order to do so. So there is no way Uh, And we're talking about controlling our borders here, right? And uh, what Israel has been doing, for example, in order to make sure that, uh, you know, it guarantees people if they enter the country. And here, there is just no way if someone is uh, trying to evade authorities and just uh, walk in another country without going through the normal process, you don't have a way to see whether uh, they may be positive or not. So one, it, it's certainly a public health concern as well as a security concern given the situation worldwide uh, right now. Uh, I have to say, I mean, we, I'm also um, a non resident senior fellow at the Atlantic Council, and we just had uh, a, a big uh, report out with different analyst views on how we see uh, the situation evolving in Idlib and how that relates to what Europe should be doing about the situation. And I'm making an argument that Europe can no longer avoid. Uh, to uh, see the situation in England and uh, try to, uh, to, to deal with it because the refugee pressures and the migration pressures coming from Turkey, and we can talk about how Turkey is instrumentalizing it in order to blackmail Europe. But even without Turkey in the mix, we do have to see the situation and try to resolve the situation on the ground so that, so that we don't have the, all these effects of uh, a continuing crisis, and it is also a humanitarian crisis in Syria. So,
0: so you, just, you just offered us a lot to deconstruct here. Let's move piece by mm-hmm. piece and then try to extrapolate the key points for our audience. So we started with public health, but the reason I wanted to offer that as our appetizer for the conversation is because the transnational migration and refugee issues, which have been, I think, plaguing Greece since the onset of the Syrian civil war in February of 2011, and also, we can't forget the similar situation in the Sahel and in North Africa, which has been present, especially with Libya and migrants affecting Italy, and also to a certain extent even Greece's southern borders with those who are coming from Egypt. It's a much longer trek, but still, it takes place. It's not because of individuals necessarily trying to seek a better way of life, excuse me, not because they're they're avoiding conflict, but because they're economic migrants. They're not just individuals who are fleeing from uh, conflict or or civil war and strife within their own countries. So you have here now the first real issue, the first real clear and present danger that these individuals are bringing, which is unchecked, unfettered immigration, and Greece has decided to clamp down. So I've seen the pictures and the video that some, um, I don't want to call them, pro-transitory organization, pro-migration organizations, pro-refugee organizations have taken. There was one of a Greek Coast Guard um, official on a boat trying to stop a uh, a dinghy getting into Greek waters off the island of Lesbos. There was another which took place, I believe, of a, um, a group of 200 individuals who had landed on shore, and then individuals on that same island of Lesbos who were Greek natives were trying to literally beat them back into the sea. Now, those are extreme cases, but we have to argue that, just like you said right now, the instance of having a conflict stop in its point of origin is vital to prevent those scenes from taking place a few weeks later after those who are fleeing that conflict get to the shores of another country. So, three questions here. I'll ask you them in, in uh, succession. Number one, are European countries starting to wake up to the plight that Greece faces and are backing them in their um, standoff with Turkey? I mean, do we have Germany now saying Greece has a right to deny these people entry into the European Union? Well, uh, I will. I, I
1: will start by saying that you're right, uh, the Greek authorities from all the the non-documented cases of refugees uh, that uh, are coming into the country or migrants uh, virtually or arrests made by the Greek authorities uh, are of other nationalities, not Syrians, Afghanis, Pakistanis, Bangladesis, Iraqis, Somalis, uh, people from Northern Africa. So so you see that, uh, and most of them actually also speak Turkish, meaning that they have been in Turkey for a few years before reaching the border. So these are not people fleeing Idlib. Uh, They're not political uh, refugees. Well, uh,
0: let's, let's let's say that.
1: Yes. Now, on the question of whether a country has the right to protect its border, yes. Thankfully, uh, both the European Union and, of course, the United States have supported publicly Greece in its right. To protect its border. It's a sovereign right and uh, it, the Europeans have also been mentioning and stressing uh, for the first time so clearly that this is the European border as well. And we see, for example, Austrian uh, soldiers joining the Greek soldiers in, in patrolling the border. They just arrived yesterday. Uh, so there is uh, much more solidarity and rather an understanding, I would say, from Europe that uh, both that this is a European problem, and secondly, that this is a, a sovereignty issue, right? Uh, we, we need, I mean, this has been going on for the last uh, almost uh, five, six years, right? And if you see pictures from how the situation has evolved, for example, in the Greek islands, and how the local population has treated refugees and migrants, and how they welcomed them at first, uh, right? But after five years without uh, A sustainable solution to the problem and we can talk about the European uh, responsibility here as well. Uh, Having more people coming from Turkey, used by Turkey and sent by Turkey uh, in a way for for purposes of blackmailing Europe, political purposes, destabilization purposes, we can talk about that as well, Uh, but it's just too much for them uh, at this point. So Solutions that need to be made, it, it, things have to be reconsidered, and I think what, this is exactly what the Europeans are doing at this point. While also stressing, right? I mean, the situation needs to be dealt in a way that respects human rights, and that's all, always um, a, a European consideration and obviously a Greek consideration as well. Uh, but in a, in a situation where you have uh, a violent uh, effort to to cross into Greece by people who are rioting and actually get into direct conflict with the Greek authorities. This is no way to seek asylum, is it? I think we can all agree on
0: that. Right, but I mean, you've made a very prescient point here. Actually, my um, co-producer here, Gary Gamble and I, we wrote an article about five years ago for The Hill, which categorized Recep Tayyip Erdogan, the the then Prime Minister, now President of Turkey's usage of human migrants, almost as a human wave attack. It's now a new weapon in his quiver that he can use against Europe to pressure them. And then we have to give a little bit of history first about what happened with the EU-Turkey deal prior to Erdogan reneging on it a few weeks ago. There was something like 3 billion to 4 billion euros in payments that Europe agreed to provide to Erdogan to help assist taking care of these economic refugees, not Syrian refugees, economic refugees that were present in his country. Now, there were a few million Syrians who were there too, but like you just made the point of, they're not the ones who are trying to flee into Europe right now. It's more individuals who are seeking economic benefit or being able to take care of the European economic zone. But when Erdogan pulls back on this agreement, he says, I can't control the flow of humans going through my borders. It's a human right to be able to be transitory, and he unleashes this new human wave, assault, against Greece, I mean, I'm not trying to say that I uh, agree with what almost Greek vigilantes have been doing in reacting to these individuals showing up on their shores, but it's as much as the president of Turkey's fault that they're facing this situation as it is for the, the rank disgust and rancor, which is emanating from Greek citizens who, again, for the umpteenth time in the last nine years have to see millions of individuals transiting through their territory and in some cases end up staying there and upsetting the cultural balance of the country. It's not Greece anymore. It's like as if they're trying to take Thessaloniki again or Athens and I just think that's unacceptable and I think that not just draconian measures being applied to public health situations but draconian measures being dealt with in terms of migration have to be adopted and more than that the answer isn't just in Brussels or in Athens. The answer lies in Ankara. And something has to be done to help, to, to, to hold the Turkish government to account. What policy options does the EU and Greece have vis a vis Turkey to try to encourage them to stop the uh, spigot of human migration?
1: Uh, that's a great question. I think this is go- this goes to the heart of, of the issue here, and uh, I, I have to say that uh, we've seen in the past um, in the past uh, few weeks uh, the way that Erdogan has instrumentalized, who has has used uh, the migrants and refugees to blackmail Europe, and in Greece we see that the way that this has been encourage this uh, misinformation that the borders were open to begin with, uh, and then the direction of the government that uh, to the migrants and refugees that they can flee, and then uh, the facilitation that they provide with free buses to go to the border. Uh, we, we've heard reports of people not being able to go back. They keep them there as uh, as an instrument, basically, next to the border, the Greek border, right, uh, in really bad conditions. So the cynicism, of uh, President Erdogan and and his policy on this matter is really the one that has, if you will, broken the the camel's back in Europe on how um, they will be treated, they have been responding to this uh, crisis and to Erdogan on this issue. So uh, on on the European side, there is an understanding Uh, that uh, this this deal, this statement of 2016, it needs to hold. Right now, Greece, uh, the European Union, doesn't have a common asylum policy. Uh, The the statement of 2016 provided less than perfect, for sure, a problematic uh, agreement, of sorts, to manage the situation of uh, the flow of refugees and migrants to Europe. And this needs to be reviewed, this needs to be strengthened, Turkey needs to keep its part of the agreement, and uh, Europe and the world needs to provide help uh, used for keeping the refugees and and migrants in Turkey, right? So uh, I think that will be the terms under which we review the agreement. I know that Greece uh, wants greater protection at its border. For example, uh, they're lobbying for uh, Frontex to patrol not just the Greek side of the border, but also uh, the, uh, of, the, of the sea border, but also the Turkish one, so that we don't have a situation where boats come to Greece and then you can't turn them away. Why not stop them at Turkey before they even start? So this is one of the arguments made by the Greek government that will be made going forward. At the same time, for example, we have a a humanitarian case of 5,000 unaccompanied children, refugee children in Greece, that Greece has pleaded with uh, the rest of the European Union to share, right, to to actually make sure that they share the burden among the European countries, Uh, anyone who can provide support for these children. And... uh, until now, the Europeans were refusing now finally, some countries have come forward and uh, offered to share the burden and take some of the children uh you know we're talking about radicalization and uh, islam Islamic radicalization if you don't provide for these unaccompanied children how who are you gonna provide for so uh, there there are cases for showing... Uh, our humanitarian side there are also cases for showing our solidarity with uh with the border states and our conviction that this is our borders and we need to keep them safe for the sake of our populations so i think that we're trying to do both at this moment and uh, hopefully the agreement that we uh, we the new agreement that we will have with turkey will be along those lines
0: looking at a Potentially the opposite side of this, let's say relations between Greece and Turkey go south There's been three or four times over the past few decades that the two countries have been on the precipice of war Could this involve military action?
1: Actually, uh, that's uh, one of my major concerns I would say uh, Because uh, you know what can go wrong if you have two armies on the border uh, pointing at each other and uh, uh, you know, on high alert for weeks without end. And I'm talking about the Everest border here. So we've had uh, just yesterday, for example, uh, we've had cases of uh, uh, both um, uh, soldiers from Turkey uh, firing at Greek border guards uh, just last night. And we've had the case of, uh, uh, on the sea as well, uh, of uh, a Turkey's uh, ship, Uh, Actually, there is a video that saw the vessel of the Greek Coast Guard being hit by a Turkish Coast Guard boat uh, off the uh, Greek island, of course, and just today uh, I think the uh, ambassador of Turkey to Greece was summoned to provide an explanation. Uh, But I understand that also that President Erdogan referred to the incident saying that uh, they will run away, the Greeks, and we will chase them. And that's how it will be from now on. So obviously, there is evidence of a sharp increase uh, in aggressive behavior on the border. And uh, I think it was also the Deputy Assistant Secretary of the State Department, uh, uh, Palmer, who, visiting uh, the region, actually says that uh, the situation, the, it's fundamentally destabilizing, and you know, having refugees and migrants among the mix, and uh, um, actually misleading them oh. to uh, believe that the road to Europe is open, is actually uh, adding to the confusion on the border that should be uh, really, you know, like uh, well maintained. Oh. Katerina,
0: I'm I'm sorry, we um we're run out of time now, but I want to thank you for all of the insight that you've provided on this very important issue, and and I gotta tell you, we are uh, on the side of the Greek government and the Greek people here because the use of human migrants as a weapon is deplorable, and Erdogan should be held to account. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Katerina Soku, the columnist, the Washington DC correspondent for the Katharina Daily Newspaper, and also a visiting scholar at the Elliott School of International Affairs and the Atlanta Council. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Greg.